Hello everybody, this is Daniel here and today I'm very excited to share with you my conversation with Nicolas Fleiderman, iGaming expert with over 20 years experience in the field. Nicolas serves as the manager of Holland Casino Online and is also the CEO of eGaming Floor. In our conversation we talked about his migration story from Argentina to Israel, how he's found his way in the iGaming field and what he's looking for when he's in the search for a new employee. So without any further ado, let's just jump right into the conversation. So first of all, Nicolas, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. Pleasure. I'm very excited to have you here. And we actually met on Barcelona, right? Um, Correct. For the first time. And mm-hmm. you, you've been telling me that you've been in this industry for more than 20 years. Am I right? Correct. Yes. I am. Um... Almost my whole professional career, I've been working in this industry, so yes. How come? What, what really led you to this industry to begin with? Well, I mean, it uh, was, I, I would say by, by coincidence in a way, I mean, uh, when I moved uh, to Israel, I mean, most of my, uh, my friends were already working in this industry due to the fact that they were looking for uh, multicultural people and uh, some, some industries that are a bit more developed than others. And they, they said that uh, I should try out this one. So they have recommended me to... Uh, to come over for an interview, and that's how I saw it. How old were you? Uh, 23, I think. Oh, so you just yeah. finished the army, I guess, and got no, into the I, I, No, I, 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 uh, I immigrated to Israel. Um, I would say that the, the, at the age that I, I was not required to go to the army to join the army. Mm. So I finished my uh, first and second degree in Argentina. Mm. Then when I moved to Israel, I continued my studies here. And that's how, in parallel, I started working for this industry. And what was originally your dream as um, as a young adult? What were you doing for yourself of doing, like being a, an, an owner of a business, going into this industry to begin with? What was the vision? No, obviously, I have never dreamt that I, I would uh, start working for this industry. I mean, uh, the, the the whole point was that uh, I wanted to work in a more like uh, an international type of uh, industry where I would be able just to in event, uh, start using my experience in terms of uh, math and, uh, you know, models and all these things. So I thought that, uh, you know, there would be uh, some industry that would be able to cope with it. I, I thought I would be working for the banking industry. I ended up working for the gaming industry. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a subtle shift. And I didn't ask you, and it's, it is interesting, how come you migrate to Israel from Argentina? What really happened there? Well, many things. But there were two two things. One is uh, that I, like I told you, I finished my uh, second degree there in Argentina, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, uh, to to work in a in a place where, you know, that, that would allow me to develop my career. Argentina was uh, not necessarily going in, in the right direction in terms of, uh, you know, the economic situation there. So uh, I started looking around, and because I'm Jewish, then I said, okay, let's try out and see if I will be able to continue my studies somewhere else. And then, uh, you know, I, I realized that probably would be a good chance for me to come for the first time to Israel and start studying here and see how that goes and ended up staying here. So, yeah, it was, uh, there weren't that many choices that I had in, in a way. So it was either to the States or come over to Israel. And I felt like here in Israel would be a bit more at home. You know, it yeah. always fascinates me that people, specifically at the age of, you know, 21, 22, 23, are migrating from a different country to another country. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I would like to hear more about that. Like, how was the process really? Did, did, did your family came with you? Did you do it all by yourself? I came on my own. Um, due to the fact that I'm Jewish, then, you know, then I only had to go to a Sochnut, uh, mm-hmm. to a Jewish agency in, in, in Argentina. And they, they they already started doing the, the whole process of you know uh, explaining what that means and what kind of uh, advantages or disadvantages that could be there for me migrating uh, over to Israel. I have my uh, had my uh, school friends that were already here, so for me it was a, a, a better transition due to the fact that I, I knew some people here and I had some uh, some people that they knew me from before, so it would be a, like a, an easier transition. Um, so I, I, I think it was also, you know, I was using my gut feeling and I felt that this will be the right choice. And I think that uh, it was, but uh, yeah, it's a, it was a challenge. So I came on my own. My, my whole family stayed and still are in Argentina. Wow. All of these years. Yeah. 
Wow. And you go and visit them like every now and then. How does it work? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to come a bit more often. Um, now it's been for because of the pandemics and some other uh, stories. And, you know, I haven't been there for over three or four years. Wow. But I used to come uh, every two years or so, or my family used to come over, at least my parents. Wow. Okay. So yeah. th- that for me, it sounds very intense, like not, not seeing your family for a couple of years each time, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's an intense move. It's quite challenging. Do you consider yourself like more of a, um, um, how can I say it really? Like somebody who stands for in, in their own right. Like you can just be with yourself, with your immediate family and just go on. Or are you that person who really needs to have intense communication with their family and their bigger circle of friends and stuff like that? Well, when I, when I move over to, to, to Israel, I mean, it was not as simple as it is right now just to have a communication with your, with your family, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, there was no WhatsApp. Skype was only in the, in the you know, not, not, not that popular. It was uh, also, we, I didn't have like a proper internet connection. So it's not that you were uh, uh, in a way where you can have uh, even video calls like the ones that we're having at the moment. It was yeah. uh, having uh, phone conversations every now and then, and they were not cheap. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we used to have like daily calls, uh, probably with my family until more or less I settled. And then it became a bit more like a like a habit that we we would speak frequently, but not necessarily on a on a daily basis. Or, mm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been a transition. There were a bit more emails than, than than phone calls, and you know, then things got a bit easier with the communication and technology that allowed me to have a bit more frequent conversations with my family and my friends. You know, I always find it hard to even imagine that type of world. You know, I have this friend that told me the other day that um, his parents are married still mm-hmm. up to today, but he told me that they were, you know, dating for like two years and then his father, sorry, his mother left uh, for Canada and his right. father sent her letters uh, for her to come back and they were just, you know, sending letters to one another for like maybe a year. And I'm like, right. whoa, you know, we are living in, in, a, in, a, in a generation. Yeah, or- no, no, I'm saying that my grandparents, uh, that's how we used to communicate when, when they move in, right? With uh, normal letters and, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy because we live in, in a time where you send somebody a WhatsApp message and like you, you, stare, you stare at the screen in the screen to see if they have like this blue V coming up, if they read it, if they're online or not. And yes. it's just a different mindset, True. completely True. different mindset. True. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's go a little back about uh, uh, to the iGaming industry. Um, mm-hmm. So you start working for the industry. Um, yeah. And I'm curious to ask you, what was the moment that you felt that this thing is right for me? It's not just a one-time thing that I'm going to experiment with, but something that I'm yeah. really going to invest in. Well, I would say that the, the moment that I started with this industry, I, I found it a bit more intriguing than other industries because uh, you were allowed to do a lot of more testing or um, yeah, trials, which industries probably they will take a bit longer for them to, uh, to be able to be more... Uh, risk averse in a way where you know that some of our some of the industries that you might have for uh off tech uh I'm sorry low tech that you know that the, all the different types of um trial periods are are taking longer yeah. the industry that i'm working with you know is a bit more you know keen to try things and new things so i like that um and the moment that I started working for this industry, then I realized that basically investing a bit more in terms of uh, experience and time and, and, and learning a bit more, it will help me out just to be in my whole career there. That, you know, it was, a, it was an industry that I was able to just progress uh, within the industry and learn uh, within. So I said that this is going to be a good opportunity just to have like a, the, the chance to, uh, to, learn, to learn by doing, right? And, uh, and, and it's not a trivial thing to have. So it's not a static thing where, you know, it will take ages for you to, to change the type of uh, things that you're doing within the industry. Uh, and I started in the industry with only working with casino uh, mm-hmm. uh, games. And then immediately after, uh, you know, it started the whole booming of poker. That mm-hmm. was uh, a big hype. So I was seeing that actually new products were coming in and there were no types of parameters that you need to consider no types of technologies, no type of marketing and, and team, uh, team members are working from different types of uh, cultures and you need to, to, to understand how to absorb 
different types of uh, nuances that you have within the culture for you to adapt that into the vertical and the marketing you need mm. to, to implement. So in a way, it's not that I, I said I will be working for this industry for five, 10 or one year only, you know, just I realized that, you know, the more that I stated, the more that I've learned and I was mm. able to implement that and more that I had to learn, uh, you know, about new things that I need to adapt for the new things that are happening with it, within the technology, within the industry, within the marketing, communication, and so on. Wow. You know, it makes me wonder, what do you think is your best characteristic that helps you succeed in this field, according to everything that you said? No, I, I think that one thing that is uh, quite evident in me is that I, I like the, um, the analytics. So mm. in, in, within the iGaming industry, you have a lot of uh, numbers. I mean, data is all over. Uh, so you realize that, you know, you, you should, it's, it's a numbers industry and you need to understand how to read the numbers. So, you know, my background is coming from there. So I, I, I realized that I had some advantages there. Uh, I like technologies. So it was another advantage that I had to, to, to work in this industry. And, and, and the fact that like I told you before, the whole multicultural part was another advantage that I had. The combination of these three is what I realized that there would be a, a good input for me, and uh, I had something to to give. Also to give, and I guess that also to learn a lot, because as you said, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this industry is really sure. hectic in a positive way because there are so yeah. many things happening simultaneously all of the time. On the personal level, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned about yourself or for yourself in the twenty something years that you've been in this industry? Oh, well, I mean, one is consistency. Because you need to be consistent and, and, and being very open on things that you know and things that you, you don't know. Um, being able just to delegate, also learn from your colleagues, learn from uh, different types of uh, things that are coming up uh, and could be from, uh, from people, could be from technologies, could be from multiple things that are happening in this industry and being open to, to absorb that. And, and that's, that's what I think that... Uh, it's really, really helpful if you're working in this industry. If you're just only focused on a, in, a, in, in a place where you think that you know everything, then it's not going to work. Mm. And um, you are seeing that, for example, in some, uh, some cultures or some, uh, some markets, things are working um, much faster on, uh, in, uh, than, than, than others. Uh, and, and then you need to understand that why that happens and how you are able to just implement the different... Uh, um, criteria that you have for you, that industry to be successful and how to, you're able to just adapt the, the different characteristics of those markets into uh, into the markets that you're trying to target in. Uh, but that comes down from, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the frequency that people are playing or the types of games that they like to play or could be the way how frequently they would like to be communicated or whether they would like to be uh, proactively communicate, uh, communicated or, you know, it's, it's, it's a very reactive way it varies, right? It varies a lot. Mm. So all these things that you need to combine and, and, and mix and ensure that, uh, that the right package is, 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 is the right of uh, where you're, you would like to do the, the whole marketing part. I like how you have such a 360 uh, type of uh, view on the industry because you've been in it for quite a while. Maybe it's mm -hmm. time for you to show a bit about the company you're working for these days. Mm -hmm. So essentially I'm working for Home Casino. Is, um, I've been working in the Dutch market for more than eight years, but uh, out of which almost six years I've been working for Holland Casino, which is a state-owned company. It's been uh, the monopoly for uh, uh, table games in the Netherlands. They mm. have 14 different venues. Uh, brand penetration that is above 95%. So it's a very well-known and established company uh, operating for the last 45 years. And... Um, some time ago, they have decided just to uh, investigate the possibility of applying for an online gaming license. But they realized that they're just uh, a bricks and mortar company with no major experience within the online yeah. gaming. And they need to bring uh, some people that will understand how to, uh, to maximize the, the possibility that they have. Um, so they have called me just to work what we call the Play Digital, which was a project of you know implementing the whole strategy, technology, and whatever is going to be required for Holland Casino be, to be competitive and, 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 and be ready whenever their license will, yeah. will actually come in place. Um, 
So we have worked for a number of years uh, in, in a project phase without knowing exactly when the regulation will come through. And uh, only in October uh, 2021, we launched, and then I'm uh, responsible for the Holland Casino Online, which is now the, the whole operation for Holland Casino. Mm. Uh, so it's been a, a transition from project to uh, operation, and that's what I'm responsible at the moment. Yeah, so what is the actual title per se? Of you, of yourself in the company. <laughs> if you, uh, you know, coming from a from a from a bricks and mortar uh, casino, I am called the online uh, casino manager. Yeah. Now, if you will, uh, you know, search in the industry, probably this could be considered a, a completely different type of role, which I have yes. in some other places. I'm called home casino online manager. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 responsible for. Uh, for the PNL of Holland Casino Online, I'm responsible for the technology, for the people, the strategy, and uh, that's 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 what I'm uh, doing at the moment. Interesting, and you know, I've been interviewing a lot of business leaders, successful business mm -hmm. leaders like yourself, and it all, mm -hmm. I'm always wondering, what is your personal secret? Oh, for balancing between your professional life and your personal life because right. this industry is super hectic so many things are happening simultaneously yeah. how do you keep balance of everything well i mean uh, i live in israel i'm not 100% israeli like i said in the very beginning yeah. uh, and i'm working for a dutch company uh, with primarily everyone that is working uh, for Honolulu casino uh, were dutch now there are a bit more uh, foreigners working for home casino. But when it started, uh, I, I think it was the only one that I was uh, non-Dutch. <laughs> uh, so so for me, it was also a very good experience. I was able to balance what uh, the, the life that I have, like a normal person in Israel and someone that I was traveling quite a lot uh, and, and working and, and not living, but at least experiencing what the Dutch uh, culture is, you know, when I was uh, there and, uh, you know, building my own team there. Uh, not being Dutch, so yeah. still people are translating, or whenever we are, you know, having any conversations, they need to switch to English, right? And so it's it's been a a completely different experience. But I will say, well, just so I think I'm very lucky just to have the possibility of, of taking the, the best of uh, both worlds, where I'm able just to work a bit remotely, a bit there, and then the, the whole combination is uh, for me is 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 really good. Yeah, so you basically say that the fact that you live in Israel and working for a Dutch company, it yeah. the, the the separation between the two, that's what helps you to really stay balanced because work doesn't really take yeah. over all of the time because you have your and own. And it's also the possibility of learning. Like I said, you know, for me, it's important that you know you will learn not only about the company, you will learn about the culture, different type of language, um, different requirements, different. Uh, ways of communication that you have with your people, not only about the language itself, you yeah. know, but, you know, the, the, the Dutch culture is quite different from the Argentina for sure. And definitely with Israeli. Yeah. Um, so, so all these different things you need to learn and also they need to learn from you. Right. So it's, it's a, it's a give and take. Um, but, uh, but it's a good balance, I think, because it keeps you, you know, all the time, uh, on 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 a state of alert on on things where if, you know if there is any loss in translation type of uh, of problems and yeah. are you able to cope with that? Are you living in Israel with your? You have a wife. You have kids. Yeah, I have. I'm I'm married. Have uh, three children. Yeah. For how for how long you've been married? Uh, it's twenty years. Wow. Okay. So now we're mm. moving on to my second obsession that when I mm. talk to people that they've been in a relationship for a very long time, like yourself, mm -hmm. um, what is the secret in your idea to have such a long uh, relationship, marriage? I don't know if there is a formula, but uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's also the, the, the fact that we are able to balance these uh, two things. And uh, now it's a bit more common, but the point where you're working from home and you have home office, you know, it's mm. sometimes, you know, you have a lot of time that you're spending, you know, uh, working from uh, from your own place and, you know, and spending time with your family. And there are a lot of times where I'm traveling quite a lot, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm far away, but still we have the communication and, you know, there are pros and cons there. Um, but uh, I think that we're able just to balance these two things in terms of communication and ensuring that we all understand each other in that sense. You um, know, I, I'm laughing yeah. because uh, I got reminded I interviewed uh, Fernando from uh, Beatrix, if I'm pronouncing it right. And he said he's the uh, head of business development in uh, Beatrix. 
Um, yeah. And he said that he's been married also for um, 20 years, maybe even more. And he told right. me that he's flying so much uh, as part of his job that his friends are laughing at him saying, yeah, you've been married for 20 years, but uh, uh, on the on numbers, yeah. like the time that you've been with your wife, it's like maybe half of the time because of the flights <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Uh... Let, let's compare this also with you know the pandemics when people were not allowed to travel as much as I am uh, traveling yeah. at the moment. Um, then, then it was a bit strange, right? That I was uh, in my place for for such a long time. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. But many things have changed. Uh, I think also for many people, the, the whole pandemics and and the fact that uh, they realize that you need to be physically with that person for you to uh, to to work and and be a, become a team member. Yeah, uh, it's something that uh, it helped a lot of people, and particularly the the, the company I'm working um, at the moment. You know, it's it's, it's been a a journey for them to understand that you know there are things that uh, eventually you you can have the same type of uh, quality of work and the same type of communication, even not necessarily you're working in the same country. Mm. It's interesting that you're bringing this up because it makes me wonder if somebody is interviewing uh, to work for you as as part mm -hmm. of uh, of the company. What yeah. are you looking for at this person? What qualities? Well, depends on the role, but in in, in principle, I, I I'm I give a lot of uh, credit to the people that they have that fire within mm. that they really would like to uh, strive. Doesn't matter what if they're going to have uh, like a, a very clerical job, you know. But they really would like to start from somewhere, learn, um, and not being the ones that are only looking for nine to five type of uh, uh, of work and, and and tasks that they're not looking from uh, right and left, and what they are able just to contribute a bit on top of what the job description is uh, mentioning. Yeah. Um, and things are not as trivial as they might sound. There are not that many people that are, they have that type of personality. So sometimes I struggle to find those those type of uh, resources. I found I am very lucky. I have some colleagues that I have been working with them for a long, long time, and even they they have migrated some jobs, and <laughs> you know they they are still part of my team. But um, yeah, it's, it's for me it's important that the. the my colleagues will be able just to have like a very horizontal type of uh, approach uh, and, you know, have an open communication, but ensuring that uh, we all try to uh, look for the same object. Interesting. And how many employees do you have right now underneath you? Well, it's big teams. I mean, because we are outsourcing a lot of uh, our departments uh, in different locations. So all in all, you know, it could be from uh, around 300 FTEs, wow. between 300 and 350 FTEs considering the, the, the in-source and the outsource um, manpower. And do you think that they will testify for you for being a good boss? I'm not entirely sure that everyone will like me, but I think <laughs> that they, I, yeah, I, I, what, one thing that I'm proud of is that I've been fair with people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and, you know, it's, it's the, the Israeli uh, culture, but also the Dutch culture are considered to be very direct. And I've been very direct with people and honest here. And so I think that that is something that uh, some people like about working with me, that, you know, they're able just to say things that I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, in, I agree in 100% for what they're saying on how they would like to conduct. But as, as long as they have a fair way of communication, mm -hmm. then I think they were all fine. And yeah, it's always been the case like this. I like what you say, and it makes me think that, you know, for me personally, my philosophy is that management, it's not only about managing stuff, but also about developing the people and empowering mm -hmm. the people. Um, yes. And I'm curious to ask you, um, what is the one lesson that you try to, um, to teach the people that work, uh, mm -hmm. the work that work for you? If there is a one one lesson, yeah, I always repeat myself, and this is not a cliche that I don't mind that they will be making mistakes as long as you know they will try mm -hmm. their best and uh, and they will be open about it. Um, so so that's that's one of the things that I, I give the empowerment for them to make decisions. Even sometimes you know decisions that are not the best, at, at least you know from a theoretical point of view. But afterwards, you know, might be right or not. I think that the, the fact that they're making those decisions, mm. taking the, the lead there, ensuring that they will be a Chasua, that whenever we are just deciding on something, you know, I don't need to look back and say, what if they, they actually implemented the thing that they promised to implement? 
for me is is a is 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 a big thing. It's a big thing. So then they were in the same team. However, if we're agreeing something and then these people are not necessarily implementing it or not taking the initiatives, then then we might have a different type of conversation. Wow, you know, it's fine that you said it because I had an interview with Adam, which is the CEO of Superbet, and he said mm-hmm. exactly the same thing. He said that one of his strategies is to really uh, allow his employees to make decisions. And yeah. I think it is important because specifically in this industry, but maybe in every industry, I think that the biggest threat is that people feel meaningless, like what they do have no impact. And once you let people really make decisions and see the results yes. of their decisions, it's, it really empowers them to really sure. invest more and be more dedicated to what they do. I think so, yes, I think so. I mean, in the past, I, I, I had projects or, or companies that I have worked for that they were doing exactly the opposite. Uh, so they were just ensuring that, you know, I will be able just to... Uh, to count the minutes that I was working for them. And mm-hmm. then from there, they will judge whether I was uh, being effective or not being yeah. effective. Um, and it was a big switch for me when, you know, started working for, started working for some companies that uh, they were interested in, in the initiatives that I was uh, bringing mm. uh, and the value on its own on instead of the, the time. And it was more about the quality than actually the quantity. Yeah, and then you start bringing a lot of time, right? Because you, and then you feel part of that. And yeah, I I, I stopped counting. I stopped counting the the hours. I stopped counting the the time that I was investing because I was really, you know, the 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 the, the company or the brand was was part of me. So you know, I I, I want to give a hundred percent of what I can. Yeah, and, and now let's flip the script. Uh, what is the biggest lesson that you've been taught by one of your bosses along the years? Or is a boss that you know left an impact on you. you don't need to mention them by name, but just the experience, just the lesson. Well, I mean, I think that the, one of the the things that I have learned uh, from at least from the Dutch Dutch culture. I mean, before I I have been working for a uh, home casino, I work for the Dutch national lotteries, mm-hmm. two lotteries. So I've been working overall in the Dutch market for a long, long time. Uh, one of the things that they um, they're super open uh, is to to learn from a. Uh, external resources so people that they will have not necessarily been involved in the operation but have like a fresh eyes mm. to, to give some opinion and even though uh, sometimes this could be expensive but in the long run where you're asking for multiple opinions and for expressing that industry then then I think you have a different type of perspective on on the things uh, that you're working at the moment um, so overall I have to say that uh, I I have to give a lot of credit for 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 that and not being stubborn, not being super, you know, ego-driven that, yeah. you know, I know what I'm doing. And just because, you know, I've been working in this industry or because I'm coming from this culture, I speak this language. Or, so let's try to to think uh, what kind of, you know, perspective you can get from, from people that are not necessarily into the, the operation. They will provide their opinion and from there you're able to implement and to save a lot of the mistakes that you might do by only being focused on things that are completely standard. Uh, so... I, I have learned quite a lot from that type of approach. Yeah, just being open. Yeah, being open and also being open to, to hear people that even they have not worked in the same industry. So people that are working in accounting, working in finance, working in tech, working in whatever. And and then they will be able to just provide some, uh, some, uh, some perspective on things, how they will look from their own eyes. And that gives you quite a lot of, um, of weight whenever you need to make some decisions uh, for, for you to consider different, different, different angles that you might yeah. not have considered because many people that are coming from the same industry or the same culture, probably they will say the same things. Um, so, so I think that it's, it's been very useful for me to, to be able to adopt to that kind of things if you're able to do it. Because it helps you to see everything with a first set of eyes instead of just, you know, seeing more yes. of the same and, you know, yes. yeah. 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 completely yeah. agree with you. And on a personal note, what is your favorite activity to do with your family on your spare time? Uh, I think we spend some time, you know, on just table games even, or could be uh, walking outside or some tracks or camping or, you know, multiple things. So we try to, uh, to combine these two things, you know, living outdoors. Uh, we don't live in the, in the big city, we live in the, in the surroundings. Yeah. So just so to... to you know, just to uh, ensure that we are able to uh, enjoy nature in a way. Yeah. And yeah. are you the type of uh, father that 
when you're with your kids, you are leaving the phone aside or do you like sometimes, you know, no. <laughs> having this formal coming I, up and looking yeah. through the messages and emails and stuff? <laughs> no, I don't know what it means, you know, just to leave my phone aside. No, I, I don't remember the last time I did it. <laughs> so you're always yeah. with your phone on. Yeah. 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 Well, isn't yeah. it like the biggest problem of all of us, really, that it's so difficult to get disconnected from our phones? Like also everybody is, ex is expecting you to be 24-7 available all of the time, specifically in your type of job that you are managing many yeah, people in a big... Uh, it's also a personality thing. You know, I, I, there, was, there is no one actually sometimes, you know, I, I've been in, in places where I'm supposed to be in the beach and not hearing and, and, and yeah. see I'm with my phone, so... My colleagues and you know people that I, I need to report to in and my current job, you know, they're telling me, please disconnect, don't answer your phone. Why wow. are you answering? So, so yeah. But uh, it, it's part of the personality. I don't think it's only about what you know what you're required to do. It's a bit beyond that, and uh, it's yeah, it's not healthy. I don't <laughs> think it is healthy. But uh, <laughs> it's yeah. Not. yeah. <laughs> what do you think that it's in your personality that really makes you that way? I, I I think that uh, I try to be very responsible and mm. uh, I try to drive by example. So if I'm, ex if I'm expecting that some people will take the responsibility for them to make some decisions and to follow the things that they are supposed to be doing, then I, I guess that I, I'm, I need to drive by example. So I, 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 I do it. And uh, so... Doesn't matter if it's going to be something super simple or something super complicated, but you know, I, I think that I need to to give my best, and and then that's how my my colleagues will will respect the the the, the point where you know people are going to be seen in in, in an even way. Yeah, leading by example, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking about example, do you have anybody in your life that you are looking up to? Yeah, there are multiple examples, you know, from uh, you know friends, families. Yeah, so. I, you always have some sort of a model there and a, and a role there. It depends on you know what kind of uh, role you're expecting to. But you know, so yeah, from from a career point of view or from a professional point of view, then I have my own examples there that I had in the past, um, and uh, and also in, in the life, right? But it's um, it's a balance that you need to make, and I think also you need to understand what 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 kind of things you know your your you have there that you can contribute, contribute some value and understand from your own personality what you know the, the, the main things are. And then I think that once you know it from yourself, then you're able to compare against. But it's something that I, I am fixated that I need to be like. Yeah. You know, I, I need to be who I am. On your per, in the person in your personal life, who's your role model, for example? Uh, I think that you know from from uh, I would say that the, the type of. Uh, Overall, more I had my grandfather in mm. terms of my, uh, uh, you know, on, as a parent. Then I had my wife that I need to look. Yeah. I, mean, I learned quite a lot. Oh, she's her. listening to this, so yeah, you know. yeah she will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's definitely something that you know you you depends on what you're looking for on the type of uh, things that you need to learn. It's you know that the role that you would like to admire or, or look after. I'm curious to ask you about your grandfather, for example. What yeah. characteristics or, you know, just general inspiration you've been, uh, you know, looking at him in that regard? Uh, it's just, you know, the personality-wise and how calm he was in many aspects. Still, still very, very professional. He also was a business traveler. So, you know, it's something that uh, probably I, I took from him as, a, as, a, as someone that I will be able to, to admire. But it's just balancing these two uh, when he used to work. Uh, there was no uh, home office like we mm -hmm. have now, but there was a guy that I was trying to uh, learn Windows when he was on his 80s. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, something that like, he was not afraid of learning new things, and uh, so you know, I think it was a good model. You know, it's funny that you said how calm he was, because the moment you said it, I actually noticed how calm you are. Like I think you're <laughs> one of the calmest person, calmest <laughs> persons yeah, mm -hmm. I've ever ever talked to. Um, yeah. so I have two questions regarding that. First of all, yeah. are you meditating or doing anything that really helps you stay so calm? I do a lot of sports, mm. not, uh, not meditation. No, mm. so my strength. 
<laughs> and how do you stay calm uh, facing, you know, challenges or like big things that are happening, things that are getting out of control, for example? How do you stay still? Uh, you mean in the professional career or my both, role, for example? Both. Yeah, from my professional career, I have a very good team, very strong team. And I trust them a lot. And, you know, whenever we're going to situations which we always have is there's never a dull moment. Yeah. And then we always uh, have those meetings where we're able just to consult each other, support each other, and I know that they will be there. So it helps quite a lot. It helps quite a lot. And uh, the, that type of flexibility that I'm getting also from uh, my directors, uh, then it's also helpful yeah. because they give the credit. Um, so I I am very lucky to have the you know the people I'm reporting into that you know, they, 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 they give me that credit. So it's not that sometimes, you know, that what if I will also make some mistakes and I, I will immediately feel like, you know, my my uh, my job is underlined. No, yeah. it's not the case. No, I still need to report. I still have my own KPIs. I still believe that I need to, uh, to provide value there. But, you know, I, I have also have that type of communications with the people that I'm reporting into that, you know, they understand that, you know, there will be uh, ups and downs. Yeah. And uh, that's... That's an important part. So that's why I'm not super um, stressed on the on the moment that well things are not necessarily going to the, the way that we were considering the very beginning. And and you know we, we can always find some some ways if we are able to explain that you're learning from the mistakes that yeah. you're making. And on your personal life, how do you stay calm? Same thing. So you know, what if it's going to be with my wife or even the, the children? Then they're able just to to have a, a proper conversation and try to. To learn from uh, from mistakes, I think that is another thing that uh, really helps. And talking about your children, what would be the one thing that you would like your children to remember about you? Your children's to remember about you. I I, I think that there is is this uh, fire within you know mm. that uh, you need to uh, work really hard. You know, mostly because you know, of your own self, right? To ensure that you you have maximized everything that you could, and then you reach as far as you could go, uh, trusting yourself. That is an important thing. It's interesting as you said, because I think we are living in a, in a time where, you know, there is a different mentality regarding that. Like people are switching jobs like every year, looking for the place that will give them the most instead of looking for the place that they will be able to uh, contribute contribute the most. Um, mm -hmm. So it's very interesting the perspective that you're bringing to the table. Do you think, uh, because earlier you said it, sometimes you find it difficult to really get new people on your team because you're looking for something specific that is actually rare in this time. Um, do you think that there is yeah. a connection between the two? Yeah, there is. I mean, I... I'm reaching from Argentina. Things there in the economy are not going great. Uh, I have friends and family that, you know, even though they, they could have liked to, to have a different type of life on, or thrive, you know, just to even learn a lot and, and you know, and they don't have the, the, the luxury of uh, choosing. And mm. unfortunately, the economy is not allowing you just to be in the place where they would like to be. Mm. Um, so... I am lucky that, you know, even though I, I am not retired or anything like that, but more or less I'm doing whatever I like to do. And, you know, I have ways where I don't need to, um, to beat that, that stress of I might not be able to close the month. Yeah. Um, so it provides, I, I think that to say this in, in, in a generic term that everyone, you know, if you really push it and you will get it to. Is 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 nothing is guaranteed, right? Nothing is uh, for sure. Um, but if I, I think that is important that you will, you know, put a lot of strength into your own beliefs and uh, and, and and you push hard. And if you fail, you you try it again, and then you'll make it. Uh, I think that's that's a way. I think that we we should uh, try to behave uh, at least in the in, in school and work. And it's it's, it's important that you are able just to uh, to maximize. Uh, your potential by by really trying hard and you know and after every single failure just come back you know stronger the following time you know um it sounds like the fact that you are originally from argentina and your background has really impacted your work ethic in a lot of mm -hmm. ways 
Do you, do you think that's true? Like your background and everything that you just described? Uh, I've studied economics and, um, in, in Argentina. Um, <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of uh, people that have studied the, the same career in, in Argentina that are headhunted somewhere else because they know how to deal with all these different nuances that you have from things that are not uh, that are scarce and uh, and you need to you have inflations you have uh, problems you have uh, budgets you have yeah. a lot of things that uh, coming with a European mind you might not even aware that exists uh, and you know my own background is helping basically just to deal with these things uh, differently um, on the contrary if you're looking for some uh, European uh, countries that are a bit more developed and super relaxed that you know whenever you're putting some stress into some people they don't know how to cope with that because yeah. they don't know what stress is that's so true and uh, so there are a lot of burnouts i i know a lot of burnouts in, in european countries that uh, people that are have been assigned for different things that are not that difficult but whenever they realize that you know they, they need to work hard then they, they get super stressed and they're not able to cope with that so i think that uh, my background helped me you know, have a very stable way of uh, of working, uh, and in that sense, so my my my, my culture has helping just to, to develop that type of calm. Within. You know, it, it's interesting that you said it. You talk about the burnout, and I'm yes. always wondering um, how people sea levels and and above deal with that mm -hmm. personally because your job is super hectic and there are so many yeah. things that are happening and sometimes you know I, I only guess just as a, any other normal human being sometimes you yeah. have these days when you're like you know sure. what forget it how do yeah. you deal with that how do you deal with your own burnout or not burnout but just you know not feeling like it having less motivation for example for it like this uh, usually I, I, I use sports just to calm me down and, and, and you know that, that really helped me some other people like to read or, you know, listen to music, you know, so, so that, that, that helps. Um, I only recently, uh, last week, they uh, made a survey in Argentina with one of the, the, the most established um, um, headhunters in Argentina called yeah. Boomerang, and they made a, a research that 86% of the people in Argentina, they have a burnout syndrome. Wow. So it's a lot, right? So it's not about sea levels. Is also normal people, and uh, eighty-six percent is a lot. It's, it's huge. a lot, and it's I, a huge number. yeah, <laughs> yes, a huge number. Yes, yeah. So it's um, I don't know what kind of benchmark that would be uh, in in Israel and in Europe. I, I I'm sure that is much lower, but um, still, I, I think it's a syndrome that is uh, it's fairly new. I've heard that the the whole burnout burnout. Uh, uh, denomination only started in, in the year 2000, so it's quite recent. But the stress has always been there, right? Um, so there was never a name that you could assign between stress and people that they don't have the motivation, they don't know how to deal with the different uh, requirements that you have there, and they don't know how to balance uh, professional and, 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 and uh, family life, and then, you know, there, there are signs uh, that they have this uh, burnout syndrome. I think that you need to have a way where you would just put some part of the, you know, of the, of the ups and downs that you have in your professional career into something else. What What do you think is the reason for the burnout? Really, you know, I'm trying to think about it myself, and I can't really come up with an answer. <laughs> uh, I think that they are not able to. You You don't know how to disconnect, and even if it's going to be for mm -hmm. a few minutes, uh, I think disconnection uh, is is what people are missing. In many aspects, many people they cannot, and because you know the stress is too really high uh, for different reasons. But you know the, the stress is there, and they're not able to cope. But it could be by uh, the, the the food that you eat, could be from the time that you're sleeping, could mm. be from the activities that you're making outdoors. It's always uh, very helpful. Therefore, just to, uh, to consider and to to understand what kind of value that would be there for for things that um, are hurting your body, right? Um, it sounds very true to me what you said about being able to disconnect because I think that these days and specifically from the 2000s and on, um, mm -hmm. it, companies uh, do want you to do more and more and more and uh, are more demanding essentially. And the ability yes. to disconnect, I think it's it's critical for, for a person yes. to be able to still be productive and sure. and and just a good worker for and a yeah. good contributor yeah. to the company. Look, I mean, uh, I... 
I, I've been working in, in the Dutch market. I know that it's uh, similar in, in Denmark, in some other Scandinavian countries where, you know, they're just identifying that even if you're working um, four days a week, uh, the, the weight or the efficiency that you have overall is going to be even higher than if you would be working uh, five days a week, super yeah. stressed. It's true. So it's, it's, it's uh, and I think it's there, right? I mean, it's uh, how you would just balance up and, I think deficiency is not only about the the quantity of days that you work and the hours that you're working. It's also the, the, the quality. And if you're able to disconnect, then probably afterwards you will be a bit more efficient. Yeah, most definitely. Um, mm-hmm. What aspects in your personal life, uh, of maybe even for yourself as a manager, you're looking to uh, improve upon? Uh, I, I think that I, I need to learn way much more in terms of uh, some of the the new technologies of, uh, of you know of marketing and, and communication. I think that there is something here. I'm trying to learn from my own colleagues, um, and I'm trying to learn quite a lot there and how we are going to be able to be a bit more efficient. The whole AI part, the whole uh, type yeah. of uh, understanding a bit more who your target audiences are for you to uh, to target the ones that you need um, to release the ones that they're they're just more fragile than than others, and then how you're able to protect them. Um, how you will just ensure that you understand all these different customer journeys that you know what is going to be the best for you to choose for for the targets that you need to to bring I mean whenever you will be able to realize and when you need to push and when you need to pull that is a process that I'm trying to learn um, day by day and it's a, it's, it's a lot of try and error but I think that uh, there is a lot of things that uh, we could do from a technology point of view for us to identify um, in a much faster way uh, whether you're in the right on the wrong track. Yeah, you know, actually you walk the talk really because the first time I uh, offered you coming onto the podcast, one of the things that you told me is that, yes, I want to take advantage of it. I want to be able to tell my story. Um, and I think it's super important, specifically in this industry where there mm-hmm. is this assumption that uh, business leaders just look at the numbers, like they have this killer instincts kind of thing and they're not even people. And I think yeah. that being able to tell your story and to share your perspective is something unique and, and I like it that you say I'm looking forward to learn more about it and at the same time you're actually yeah. doing stuff in order to move forward with that. There are a lot of cliches, Daniel. I mean, uh, the, there are a lot of things that, you know, people are just, you know, repeating but not necessarily embedding all the information mm-hmm. that there just is out there. There is a lot of information but if you are just so ensure that you understand what is going to be the dashboard for you the KPIs for you, then, you know, yeah, data is there, but if you're not able just to, uh, to process that and ensure that you all want to understand what kind of criteria are going to be important for you or for, for the for department that you're working with, then it's going to be super complicated. Mm-hmm. So now the problem is that there is too much information. Not that there isn't. Um, if it will, I would be able to compare between uh, my role and my equivalent in land base, I will have way much more data to, uh, to process. Yeah. And land-based guys, they need to make some decisions without without the number of uh, KPIs that I I do have in my uh, on my disposal, and and then they will not necessarily making the, the the best decisions ever just because they don't have the data. Quite the contrary, in my case, if you know I have far too much information, but if I'm not able to process, my competitor will be able to understand much faster, and they will be able to make those decisions, and I will be losing market share. I, I want to uh, pinpoint one moment for what you just said about the competition. How competitive mm-hmm. are you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm competitive. I, I live in a competitive environment. I mean, I'm not denying that. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't, I don't care about competition. But, you know, it's, it's, it's with a reason. So it's not that I'm all the time looking by my shoulder and if yeah. I'm seeing the, the reports that my competitors are showing on how successful uh, they've been, it's not that I'm just angry about it. I'm a bit more focused on, on who we are and, and, and being there for, for the long run, not for a short run. Mm, that's super important, talking about burnout, you know, really looking mm-hmm. for the long run and knowing how to uh, invest your energy and time and your creativity yes. in the right places for the long run, really. Yeah, but it's not about pride. I, I think it's important that you will be able to understand why your, your competitors have been successful or not successful. And if you want to understand why they made such decisions and the impact that they had there, then then great. I mean, that's that's how you learn. 
but not necessarily for the sake of you know being angry with you because your competitors are a bit more successful than than you. It's, it's, it's not the point. That's so powerful what you just said because I think that many people, specific business leaders, are focusing on what the competition is doing instead of why they're doing what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. once you understand the why, it's much easier to come up with innovative ideas to really, yeah. you know, step up your game. Yeah, true. Yeah, so, true. so that's really important. Um, and last question, what is your vision for yourself for the future? I, I, I would like to, uh, to explore um, how we could use a lot of uh, the, the, the experience I have learned within the online gaming industry in some other types of industries. So I, I think that there are a lot of common grounds on, on you know, e-commerce sites or e-commerce um, in general, how they will be able to learn about uh, uh, iGaming. I think that uh, there's a lot of things that I would like to, to explore and ensure that I will be able to provide some value there. Also, seeing how uh, you know, a lot of things that are happening in Latin America, but also in North America with respect to the online gaming industry and how I will be able just also to, to, to be part of that movement there. And I can see that they're making a lot of mistakes there mm. and just for because they have not been able to use properly all the experience that we have learned for a number of years now in Europe. Um, so I think that that is something that I'm very interested in, in participating at some stage, you know, just ensure that... Uh, that type of uh, hurdles that we have in Europe, how they will be able to be used in, in some other places. Hmm. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you or to learn more about you, where they can find you? On my website is uh, egamingfloor.com. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they will be able to come to my website and check some of the experiences that I have. And also on LinkedIn, I guess? As well, yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn, but both. I'm, I'm, I'm accessible there. Yeah, well, talking from experience, you know, I really like it. The uh, people like yourself who are actually accessible, you know, I, I don't really understand the reason uh, for being on like, per se, a, a social media platform if you are not willing to really interact with people. Um, sure. And I think that once you're really um, open and accessible, there are many mm-hmm. beautiful things that can come up out of it, of just being open to communication. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Fully agree. Nikos, thank you so much for your time today. I highly appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Diane.